Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Ramana Karada. Thanks for being on the show, Ramana. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you for the great show. I'm glad to be part of the show. Yeah, we're grateful to have you on, especially with your experience. I know you'll be able to add tons of value to myself and and the listeners. And so we appreciate your time. I'm grateful for that, Ramana. But a little about Ramana is a co-founder and managing partner of Raven Multifamily, which acquires B and C class multifamily assets in landlord friendly and growth markets. His company has syndicated 2,700 units in three different markets in the last three and a half years. He's passionate about adding value to investors as well as tenants. So Ramana, th- thank you again uh, for being on the show. Tell the listeners a little more about, you know, maybe your background and how you got into this syndication business. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity again here. So folks, my name is Ramana Karada. I live in Frisco, Texas, which is part of Metro DFW. I'm an immigrant to this country. I came here in 2001 for my master's. You know, as everybody else, I finished my master's, started looking for a job. I found a job. I was roaming across the country with my job, but I always have this passion to do something else other than my job. So I was exploring different opportunities in multiple areas, not knowing anything, not formally educated in any other other than my day job. I never stopped my thirst to exploring, right? So I started uh, partnering with a few of my friends and started investing in uh, retail strip centers. So I found two of them, I partnered, and I wanted to replicate in the hometown of you know, me, which is Dallas. So I was able to get many people interested in the business model, but by the time, guys, it's ready to you know, send your funds, but nobody was uh, doing that. So that gave me a pause and you know, thinking in the retrospectively, what I realized is these folks do not have any formal education. I mean, they are believing in me, but they are not able to make a decision if that's a good investment for them or not. So that pushed me into finding a right mentor where, you know, my job is not to educate people, but rather I wanted to make the investment successful. So I found, I mean, until then, my focus was on retail strip centers. But after I found this mentor in Dallas, I felt like multifamily is the way to go, okay? Because end of the day, everybody has to live under a roof. And the class of the property that my focus area is B and C, where C being the uh, lowest in the class, uh, of course, that's, that's where the value add comes into picture. But by targeting that C-class properties, I was able to pull most of the sophisticated and accredited investors into these states. So this is where I learned the multifamily knowledge base and I networked with so many folks with a similar mindset. I started investing passively and quickly learned how to syndicate. And I found my partner, Venkat Avsarala, in the same mentoring group. We started working together and we started with a 100-unit property in Oklahoma City, moved on to 120-unit in Glendale, Arizona. That gave us enough enough credibility in the market and we picked up 300 unit property in uh, dfw market 
Since then, we've been purchasing in DFW. So we finished our 11 syndications with uh, 2,700 units. 11th syndication? That is correct. Awesome. Thank you. So we exited from three deals out of these 11. So we are actively managing the eight properties. We don't self-manage. We are working with third-party property managed, professionally managed uh, companies in uh, DFW market and uh, looking forward to get to our 10,000 unit mark uh, in, uh, in the next few years. Part of this process, I worked in IT for 15 years. And after having few properties, I mean, it's kind of overwhelming with investor relations, with property management, with uh, you know, all the nine yards with the property management, right? So with that, myself and my partner, we quit our 15-year career um, IT jobs, and we are doing this full-time. Nice. Well, I appreciate you elaborating on that. I know lots of people that are listening are looking to do the same thing. And you all have accomplished a lot. I mean, 11, 11 syndications, that's that's a great I mean, it's a great experience, and I know you all have learned a lot. So, you know, why don't we talk about a, a recent acquisition, and let's kind of dive into that deal a little bit. Absolutely. So my apologies for not able to make up my scheduled time with you because, you know, this property taught us a whole lot than anybody would think. So in the first 10 deals, you know, myself or my partner, we never struggled to raise money. Even in the last three deals, uh, we were able to raise like $9 million in 24 to 48 hours. I mean, not everybody deposited their money into LLC's account, but we were able to get full commitment within no time. But something changed in the market. So if I think back, uh, what I could realize is definitely uh, the recession talk is uh, more than it was uh, you know, a few months back. And multifamily is the, still the hottest market. So price per pound is definitely killing. And there are a lot more syndicators in the market right now than a couple of years ago. So a lot of availability of uh, these opportunities. Of course, investors have to make their complete due diligence before committing to their funds. They have to vet the syndicator. They have to vet the submarket. They have to vet the market. They have to look at the underwriting, how well these syndicators are doing. All these factors into, you know, before investing in any, anybody's deal. Even though our underwriting is very conservative, very uh, investor-friendly, still we were not able to pick up the $8.2 million raise, not easily. So it took a good three weeks this time. Definitely, price per pound is one of the key factors that we have to keep in mind. So before purchasing or getting into contract, you know, that will be my criteria for sure. On this particular deal, this is a 280-unit Arlington uh, property. It is 1970s built. Seller, whom I know, we know before, they manage around 5,000 units across uh, uh, Texas and the Colorado markets. Very sophisticated seller. They spent around $4 million in, in that 280-unit property. They took care of pretty much entire exterior uh, renovations. And also they upgraded 48% of the interiors as well. And they showed us the good path to increase the rents. So it was no-brainer to win this deal. I mean, basically, this was an off-market property that uh, one of the prominent brokers got to us from uh, Dallas market. And uh, same shop provided good uh, 80% LTV loan on the property. That helped us real big time. Finding a right, right lender, lending partner is key to success in this business as well. See, end of the day, the more proceeds that we get from the loan will help lesser equity raise 
which will produce much higher, much better result to investors. Okay, okay. I'm going to stop you for a minute because there's there's a lot of things there we can talk about that are that that I want to ask you about. You know, and I want to say like congratulations though to you all to be able to raise, you know, nine million dollars in just a couple of weeks. You know, normal, you know, before even, but I know you said this time you struggled, but you still got it done in three weeks. I mean, that's still most people listening would still be, uh, you know, jumping up and down to be able to raise that kind of capital, you know, even in six weeks, you know. Uh, and so you all are, you know, you all are obviously doing something right. Um, and so, you know, but tell me, I know you elaborated a little bit on just how the markets changed and maybe why. You know, it was a little more difficult to raise the capital because these investors have so many more opportunities to look at now. Uh, but what was it that really helped close that gap for you all? You know, after a couple of weeks, you know, you all noticed that, okay, you know, it's going to be it's a little more difficult now to raise the capital than we expected. What was it that pushed you to reach your, your capital raise goal at that time? So basically, we didn't reach out all the people in the first place. So obviously we reached out and we made a few phone calls with the past investors. So they came forward and invested with us. And also to keep the underwriting very attractive, uh, you know, conservative for the investors, right? We didn't include a lot of other income opportunities in the underwriting in the first place. Okay. Some of the investors were asking, hey, how come you didn't add any it could be washer dryer income, it could be tax savings that the city of Arlington is reducing. And we can implement covered parking, reserved parking. We can get a cable internet contract to the property. I didn't include all these in the initial underwriting. So when I added all that stuff, it definitely showed much better result for the investors or uh, investor returns for the investor. So that helped pull that gap very quickly. You know, wanted to keep it as much conservative as possible. Still, I don't want to, you know, false promise, right? End of the day, once investors likes your business model. See, the things that we do, we have a very clear communication with our investors. Okay, mm. We don't false promise. If something is not being right in the property, that's what we communicate. Okay, We don't oversell to any investors. Hey, whether if you're interested, please invest. If not, let's move on. You know, We'll share our next opportunity with you. You can join. No selling, clear communication, clear expectations. In our webinars, we make sure that we communicate, okay, this is how the communication is going to be, and we try to be uh, in the same schedule. And also, we had pretty good success with the sales of uh, or the exiting of three properties, right? So that helped us secure our 2700 portfolio in uh, three and a half years. Wow. No, you also said numerous things there that, that we should probably elaborate on a little bit. But for the sake of time, I'd like to know a little more about this deal. And, and, and you had elaborated 280 units in Arlington, seven, 1970s build, and you know who the seller was a little bit. They had already upgraded 48% of the units and that it was an off-market deal that a broker brought to you. Tell me, you know, I, I, right now, I know everyone is struggling with finding the deal, right? Quote, you know, the the deal, you know, the, the next deal. We're seeing lots of properties, but they seem to be so overpriced. You know, what was it about you all uh, or the relationship or the connection or, you know, that allowed you access to this off-market deal? So basically, end of the day, brokers has to represent sellers, okay? You know, you can have as much as a relation you can have with the brokers, but you have to give a warm and fuzzy feeling that you know you are the closer one way or other. We go into these contracts with the mindset of 60 days to close. Okay. Luckily or fortunately, or the way how we perform 
for me and my partner, we always, as most of the deals we closed at least a few days before the uh, 60 day mark. So we have that reputation in the market that we are the closers and we are, we can close early too. And on this particular deal, we closed this deal, how many days? Uh, a week before. Okay. Even though we struggled to raise money, we were able to close a week before. Okay. So why I'm saying that is, obviously, you have to impress the broker with your due diligence before setting up the tour. Okay. You make sure you read the OEM, you understand the market, you understand the submarket, you understand the property. You know, if needed, go and visit the property multiple times. Feel comfortable so that if you are prepared, well prepared before the setting up the tour, broker will get impressed upon you and uh, he will see the urge in you that you want to win the deal. Now, you have to give the comfort that, you know, you can raise the money if you are a syndicator or if you have your own funds, that's well and good, right? So as soon as the broker feels comfortable that you are a closer and you have a resume that shows that you are a closer, then definitely brokers will come after you. Of course, like I said, you know, brokers represent the seller. There are a lot of syndicators and institutional partners are looking to park their money in this multifamily asset class. So you have to compete with a lot many folks than uh, you would think. I would also add that, you know, not only are you impressing the broker, you're increasing that relationship, but you're also buying from a seller that you said have 5,000 units. And they're going to have more units to sell over time, right? And so you're Absolutely. you're building that relationship and showing them how you're performing and how you, how you performed in the past is going to go a long ways when they have another property for sale that possibly you you get to submit an LOI on or or uh, you know make an offer on. Just to add one more point, seller gave us twenty five thousand dollar credit for early close. Nice. Yep, that's awesome. That's a little bonus to for you know my investors. Yeah. Yeah, that's really neat. And, and you started talking a minute ago about the lending partner. You said eighty percent loan, and you were talking about the importance of the lending partner. And I wanted I wanted to get back to that and allow you to elaborate on just the importance of a lending partner. I mean, the loan and the loan type is is crucial. So yeah, go ahead and elaborate on that as well. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think I'm okay to disclose the broker and the lending partner on this deal because we closed it, and uh, they are going to publish on their website also pretty soon. So this broker is from uh, JLL. It's a uh, worldwide company. They have Fannie Freddie Dust Lender as well. So this guy provided initial quote, this JLL lending broker, as soon as this opportunity came in. I worked with other dust lenders like Arbor, Walker Dunlap, Northmark, all these big, big, Wells Fargo, all these big, big lenders, right? I haven't worked with JLL lending side before. I had been interacting with this guy for a while, but never got an opportunity. You know, you always have the doubt until, uh, you know, rate lock is done. You are not sure he's going to perform because he's the one bringing 80% equity to the table and we are just bringing only 20%. So, I mean, I want to make sure that he performs even though something has to happen. So obviously insurance in Dallas market, insurance is going up and up every single day with the weather-related uh, uh, stuff, uh, the taxes are going up. If you are buying a property in summer months, obviously the, you can see the trending of uh, income going up as, you, uh, you know, as the school starting and the weather gets changing, obviously the collections would uh, drop and I, it will affect the proceeds. So you need to have uh, a lending partner 
who can work with you even in the downside of collections or whatnot in that property. So it's like uh, during this uh, contract time, if not every day, me and my partner are in touch with this uh, lending guy pretty much every single day. If there is any changes that he's anticipating or, you know, how his credit is, uh, you know, liking the deal, you know, obviously we had to put a million dollars in the CapEx account with uh, Fannie Mae. But at the end, he delivered and it was a big success for, you know, for the sponsors and the investors on this deal. Nice. Okay, Ramana. Well, before we run out of time, I want to ask you, you know, some other questions just about, you know, the syndication business and get your perspective. Now that you've done, you know, 11 syndications, I mean, you, you all have gained some great experience, but what's something you know now that you wish you had known, you know, maybe while you were doing that first deal? <laughs> A lot of learning, right? I mean, if I talk about the very first deal that was in Oklahoma City, so the moment we purchased the property, the oil wasn't in the declining phase. So definitely we got big hit in that market. So when oil was doing really good, oil and gas, obviously, a lot of new construction started. But right after we purchased this property, that new construction hit the market um, in that Norman submarket like really big time. So university housing came into market, new construction came into market, and oil gas went, uh, you know, went uh, so down, normal market, I mean, it was a disaster for the first, uh, uh, first one, one and a half year. But then quickly, you know, we weren't getting right support from our management company as well. So, you know, they had to change like three or four managers in the property. Finally, we found the right one. At uh, same time, market um, uh, shifted a little bit in our, our favor and we quickly wanted to sell. So we uh, worked out with, uh, you know, Dallas broker to see if he can sell the property. But luckily he found and, uh, you know, we exited the property, you know, with a decent profit. That property being very first one, we definitely don't want to, uh, you know, put a sore uh, <laughs> up in our investor's mouth. You sure. Know? Why don't you just elaborate though on like what's been the hardest part of this process? And, and unfortunately, we're about out of time. But you know, what's been the hardest part of this uh, this syndication process for you? So finding the right deal, like earlier you mentioned, right? Uh, there are a lot of deals available in the market, but finding the right one is really difficult. Uh, you ha- I mean, I have to scout through at least hundred deals to find one. Okay, you have to be creative sometimes to you know to see the opportunity in each and every deal. You know, no property management company, no owner will leave the rents, you know, to a very low level if you compare with the submarket, right? So you have to make sure you are getting into the right right deal. For example, if you look at Atlanta market, right, most of the deals that you see are with a 1,200, 1,300 square feet uh, a unit. If you look at in Dallas, the average square footage is around 800 to 900. If you look at in Phoenix, most of the product that is available with a lot of efficiencies, it's like 400 to 500 to 600 square feet. Not that you know Dallas and Atlanta doesn't have these uh, smaller square footage units, but majority of them, right? So make sure you're comparing apples to apples in the market. You have to see complete upside with every single deal and things like that. Hmm. And tell me a way that you all have recently improved your business that we could apply to ours. Uh, recent uh, improvement. Obviously, I think um, the broker relations, you know, with one broker, we bought like uh, five properties and the sixth one, uh, you know, about to get into contract. 
So definitely with our success, this broker definitely helped us in a big way. He felt comfortable with the way how we operate. We try not to stress out the broker. We anticipate much earlier with any activity and we provide a solution to the process so that he doesn't need to stretch out a lot. You know, even with investors, you know, over this period, we built a couple of thousand um, investors. So definitely we present the opportunity in the right way so that they don't have to scratch their head to find out what is in the opportunity that is missing or if we are saying or saying something. So things like that are helping really well in our, uh, well in our process. Sure. So with our uh, 11 properties, we are expanding our team. We hired a couple of folks to help us. So we want to improve our investor communication, things like that. And we're in the plan of uh, hiring one more person. Nice. So, all right. And tell us how you like to give back. So different ways, right? To give back to the community, uh, either you have to uh, provide your time or the resources that you have, especially in the multifamily uh, industry. If anybody needs help, uh, I'm just a phone call away or an email away or text messages away. For the community, as I'm so busy with my multifamily acquisitions and management, I try to help different organizations with the funds that I can, you know, where I can provide uh, some difference. Great. Well, I appreciate your time today. And tell the listeners how, of course, how they can get in touch with you, Ramana. Absolutely. So I am in Facebook, myself, my partner, and, uh, you know, our uh, Ravan multifamily in LinkedIn as well. We have our website, ravanmf.com. R-A-V-E-N-M-F dot com. I can be reached at Ramana at Raven Multifamily dot com. R-A-M-A-N-A at Raven Multifamily dot com. Or you can text me or call me at 214-799-9127. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Really appreciate your time and opportunity to talk in this uh, talk show. You did a good job. Really appreciate it. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.